0: She said, Dad, why don't we celebrate Passover? My response to her was, we do. We do celebrate Passover. And what we just did was, in fact, that celebration. What was the Passover? The Passover is where God offers a sacrifice for him, for his people tells them to take shelter and be covered by the blood of that sacrifice. In the Old Testament, in Egypt, that was spread over the door of the house. And in the New Testament, in the sacrifice of Christ, that same blood that's shed for us washes away our sins. So we do celebrate the Passover. but it got me to wondering just thinking about how much god himself must love us to offer so great a sacrifice jesus says in first well in john chapter 15 he says greater love has no man than this and that he would lay down his life for his friend. There's a demonstration of that love. Somehow, over the course of many years, we've began to deceive ourselves into thinking that love was some emotion, some fleeting desire, Some words we long to hear. But scripture teaches us that love is an action verb. It's tangible. It's something that you and I can see evidence of. Something God himself demonstrates. If we look at Romans chapter 5. If we look at Romans chapter five, verses six, and I'll read through 11, I think we'll see what that love actually is. It reads, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In the middle of this passage, were told something very obvious. Rarely, if ever, would one die for a righteous man. Rarely, if ever, who is the righteous man? Someone who has done everything that they possibly could to show themselves worthy. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with that person, but they are an upstanding citizen. If we were to paint this person into New Testament times, we'd say they were the Pharisee of Pharisees. Kept the law to a T. Showed up at synagogue as often as the doors were open offered sacrifices of thanksgiving. And rarely, if ever, would someone die for that person. Why is that? Because the life we have is so precious. It's something we can't get back. It doesn't matter how good that person is. I think about myself. I'm more concerned about my tomorrow than I am about what happens to the person I don't know. But it goes on to say that, well, for a good man. Maybe some might. The one you have that personal relationship with. One, you know, we talk about it all the time. Maybe even imagine it. If something were to happen, I would step in front of a bullet for him. I would run into the streets and save that child from that car. Maybe. And Jesus says, well, this is the greatest love you can show by offering your life, laying it down. And yet we read that, at least from our perspective, it's not something that happens very often. No matter how good, no matter how righteous the person may be. But the text tells us something that defies all human understanding. It goes against all logic. If rarely, if rarely one would die for a righteous man, if maybe one would die for the good. Why would anybody lay down their lives for the ungodly? Why would anyone be so quick to step in front of a bullet or murderers or thieves the text tells us that God showed his love God demonstrated his love by sending his son he sent the son when we were weak Powerless is another translation. Completely unable to do anything for ourselves. In no way did we have the strength, the ability, the knowledge to please God on our own. It says he sent them at the proper time. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't plan B, C, D, or E. This was the plan from the beginning. And not only that. It says he sent them for the ungodly. Those who rebelled against God we use the term the fall as though this was an accident, as though we didn't know any better. But rather what happens is there is active disobedience, active rebellion against God, seeking to be as far away from him as possible And yet God sends his son. And not just that. But he sent his son to die for his enemies. It's not that we were enemies of God. But God was an enemy to us. we saved from his wrath, destruction. Who is it that you destroy? Who is it that you pour out all your wrath against, if not your enemies? And yet God still sends his son. God demonstrates his love in this very action. At the proper time, Christ died for the ungodly. And since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. The very things we were incapable of releasing ourselves from the very sins we desired so much. Christ took upon himself and bore the full wrath of God in our place. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Christian, lift your head. This willing sacrifice of Christ results in the forgiveness of your sins. Sinner, humble your hearts. For this sacrifice is greater and more precious than anything you and I deserve. Enemy of God Surrender all to him for this king, this king of the Jews who died, he lives. And the same king in his life reconciles us to the father. Who stands with open arms and bids us to come? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Let's pray. Most gracious God.